Thank you for visiting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We pray the following message will be encouraging to you. For more information about us, visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. Listen in as we start taking away the layers of religion and discover the joys of a relationship with the Creator. But I, I thank the Lord. Um, I want to thank you, church, uh, just walking through those doors and feeling the love and the acceptance. And, and that's important in the body of Christ. And although we're from another church, we're still the same body. And I don't care what any pastor tells you or what any speaker tells you when they go share at another church. It's a little nerve-wracking because you don't know the audience you're preaching to. But as soon as I walked in, all I got greeted was with smiles and loves and hugs. And I thank the Lord for that and I thank you. I thank you from the bottom of my heart for making me feel at home. Amen? Yes. Everyone doing okay? What, I have about two hours to preach? Yeah, just about. <laughs> You know, as, as we see the day-to-day -day activities of what's going on in the world, we went through Katrina, right? We just saw what happened at Lima. And it just brought to remembrance of a young boy named Amind. He's from Armenia. And in 1989... There was an earthquake in Armenia. It was just four minutes. Four minute earthquake and 30,000 people died. 30,000 people in four minutes. And as I read that story many years ago, we just came from Bible camp. We spent a year every week with my family and just to hear the word of God and be ministered not to work just go and get fed and as I was preparing my message and I heard the devastating news at Lima that that story came to mind of a young boy he was nine years old and in the midst of that four-minute earthquake this father freaked out his son was at school, and when he got the news and when he felt what was going on, all he could think of was running to that school and seeing his little boy. He goes to that place, and all he sees is a heap of rocks, stones all over the place and that school, and parents all around just crying and weeping and worrying about each and every one of their kids with no hope. The firemen were there, the, whatever police officers were there, and he just got there and was just moved by a promise. He went to where that section of his classroom was, and there was nothing. The whole school was just rocks and rubbles and boulders and but that father went into action and started removing rocks from where that classroom was. And it was eight hours. He kept moving rocks and pulling 12 hours. 
and the police were trying to pull him away, and the fire chief was trying to tell him, listen, forget about it. There's no hope. And the parents were just crippled in fear, but he was the only one that kept moving boulders and rocks and boulders and rocks, and he couldn't stop. Twelve hours went by, 14 hours, 16 hours, and they kept trying, and he wouldn't stop, nonstop, no rest, no sleep. Then came the 18th hour, and he moves one more rock. And all he hears is, Dad, is that you? 18 hours. And his boy started screaming, Dad, is that you? And his heart just pumped. Then the boy starts talking to the kids under there with them. And he said, I told you. I told you that my father, father promised me that he would always be there for me. No matter what happened, he would always be there for me. And that father found his boy, motivated by a promise he made. And that boy, holding on to a promise that was made to him, to me was unbelievable. And as I sat here this morning, and I hear this beautiful worship unto a mighty God, a mighty God that loves you and cares for you and will meet your every need, to know we have that same kind of daddy that's true to his promises, that no matter what you're going through today, no matter what you went through this past week, He's true to his word. His word says that he will never leave you nor forsake you. Not sometimes. Not occasionally. He said never. So as we come today into his house and we worship this mighty God and now we sit to receive of his word Remember how faithful he is. We have to remember, church. We seem to forget quickly. We seem to forget that pit that he pulled us out of. Because the busyness of this world, the working, the family, the kids, the home, the hanging out, the TV, the radio, everything else keeps us busy from realizing that we have a daddy that loves us, that keeps his promises, and will always be there. Would you turn with me to Luke 5? I'm going to read from the Living Translation. Let me know when you're all there. We're all there? Amen? Praise God. One day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him and to listen to his word. He noticed two empty boats and at the water edge. For the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push 
it out into the water. So he sat at the boat and taught the crowds from there. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out there, go out where, you, where, go out where it is deeper, and let down your nets, and you will catch many fish. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, we'll try again. And this time their nets were all so full, they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners into the other boat. And soon both boats were filled with fish on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell at his knees and before Jesus said, Oh Lord, please leave me. I am too much of a sinner to be around you. For he was awestruck by the size of their catch, as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, Don't be afraid. For now on you will be fishing people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. Father God, we come before you this morning, O oh God. Lord, we thank you for your word, O oh God. We thank you for the power and authority that this word has, O oh Father God. We thank you that you set the captives free, O oh Father God. We thank you, O oh God. That this word is living, O oh Father God. Lord, we pray, O oh God, that you would speak to us this morning, O oh God. Lord, we come hungry, expecting from you, O oh God. And Lord, I just pray, O oh God, that I would get out of your way, O oh God. And that your Holy Spirit would have reign, O oh God, today, O oh God. Lord, prepare our hearts to receive, O oh Father God. Help us, O oh God. Give us your Rema word, O oh God. A fresh revelation of your true word, O oh God. And help us, O oh God, to deposit it in our hearts and live by it day and night. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Jesus gets into this boat. These fishermen, by vocation, their profession, spent all night working, trying to catch fish. Then comes Jesus, full of energy. These men were tired, washing their nets, probably disappointed, because you know if that was their vocation, that was their money. So if they didn't catch any fish, you know they were worried about their finances. How many of us worry about our finances? But when he gets in that boat and tells Simon, which is Peter, to take it out, he didn't hesitate. He pulled out his boat, sat there, let Jesus preach the word. But then after Jesus preaches, he says, okay, Simon, let's, let's go out into the deep to catch fish. I don't know about you, but I would have looked at Jesus and said, what? I just spent all night trying to catch fish. We didn't catch anything. We know what we're doing. This is our living. This is what we do every day. And you want us to go out there after we just finished cleaning our nets to throw them out again? 
But he didn't, he didn't act like that. His response was, Master, as you say, we will do. You know, how many know it's hard to be obedient to what God tells us to do? Come on, be honest. Because if you got it together, I'm in the wrong church. Because, listen, I'm a minister of the word. But it's ever so challenging for me daily to obey what that word says. I'm talking about daily. Because this flesh wants to do its own thing. This flesh knows what's right. We can tell Jesus what's, what to do, right? But it's not so. He knows what's right. And although Peter sat there and probably in his mind said, you know, we're going out there for nothing, but I'm going to be obedient because you said so. But, you know, the three of us just spent all night and we caught nothing. He needed faith to move forward in that. Because everything else is telling him, you're wasting your time, don't do it. But there was a little faith in Peter. And I started saying, wait a minute, you know, where did he get this faith? Why did he believe so quickly? Why did he call him master? You know, some, some of you just read the word and just believe it. You know, to me, it's a challenge to read the word. And I'm like, what's going on here? You know, I need to, to, to read it over and over again. And I need to find out why was he so quick to say master? But then I read the chapter before. And, I'll see, and, I, and, I, and I would read how Jesus went into Simon's house. And his mother-in-law was sick with a high fever and he said be healed and she was healed Simon must have seen how Jesus was walking around and just by speaking his word the demons were leaving and how the crowds were bringing the sick to heal him to heal them so there was Miracles that Peter was seeing so that when he was in that boat and Jesus said, let's go out deeper so we can catch. And he said, Master, we've went out all night, but because you say so, I will be obedient. We need faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. The Bible says, not me. And all it takes is a mustard seed of faith to please him, to move mountains. He's not asking us to just... to just move without experiencing what he does so that we can believe. I think that he laid a foundation so that when he got in that boat, Peter would understand, wait a minute, I seen this man heal. My mother-in-law was sitting in her bed. And man, he healed this. She got up and started serving him. This is the God, the man that's sitting in my boat. So that, that, that faith moved him into action. 
But more than that, to me, I think it took remembering what he had seen before for him to move into action. He had to remember the healing, the miracles, the deliverance. Just like that young boy remembered a promise that was made to him. And you know, as, as believers, we go through financial troubles. We go through issues in our marriage. We go through issues with our kids. We go through so much. But you know what some of our troubles is that we don't remember. Because if we would sit and remember where he pulled you out of, what he clothed you with, what he washed your sins away, I think we would move quicker into believing that whatever circumstances we are going through, he's more than able to take care of it. Church, I want to encourage you today. There is nothing you can be going through today. Nothing. That God is not able to step in and take it over. If I had two hours, I could sit here, testimony after testimony, just to share God's faithfulness. I mean, today... I'm celebrating my 20th anniversary with my wife, my beautiful wife that the Lord has given me. And if we had time to share what God has done in our lives and the miracle through three of our children of 19, 16, and 14 that God has blessed us with. But listen, when I married her, I wasn't a believer. She was, but I wasn't. The very fact that she stood by my side and prayed me through. Prayed me through and believed God for a miracle in my life to give my heart to the Lord. That we're able to sit this morning and have breakfast and say, wow, 20 years. Only through the mercy and grace of the living God were we able to complete 20 years. And I'm looking forward to the next 20 years Amen. of miracles, of, you know, she, when I accepted to, to, to speak today, I know in her mind she said, well, it's our anniversary. You're going to speak in our anniversary. What's going on, brother? But the God that I serve had so much mercy and grace on my life. I should have been dead by now. My marriage should have been wrecked by now. My kids should have been wayward. That she knows how much I love the Lord. And she knows that if, as long as I put him first, that our marriage will last another 20, 30 years. That as long as we as a couple would love him and serve him and do everything he tells us to do, that the other thing this way would fall right in place. And so many times we take our eyes off of God and we, we try to please each other and do each other things. Without Him, there is no us. And if in our marriages, we would put Christ first, 
We would make him the center of our marriages. Everything else would fall into place. I'm not saying it's going to be easy because, listen, 20 years, did we have it rough or what, honey? But in those 20 years, we've learned to love the Lord with all our hearts. And then I learned to love her and respect her and honor her. And treat her like a princess of the Most High God. Without Christ, I was not able to do that. I didn't even know how to love myself without Christ. Let alone love a woman that God has given me that loves him more than she loves me. So, we need to remember what God has done in our lives. In order to be obedient to his word. And how do we remember those things? How do we become obedient? Folks, we need to know his word. And it's sad, the statistics of how many Christians go to church and don't read their word. If that word is not your foundation, then I don't know how you're going to make it. I really don't. You know, Luke... Luke 6, 46 through 49 says, And why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not, do not do what I say? Everyone who comes to me and hears my word and acts upon them is like he, excuse me, acts upon them is like he, is like a man who dug deep and laid a foundation upon a rock. Folks, this needs to be our foundation. If you don't know his word, we can't lay a foundation. If you don't know his word, what are you being obedient to? Suggestions from our Christian brothers and sisters? Because we're quick to tell another brother what to do. But are we quick to tell him what the word of God says to do? So that they can do it according to his will and his order. Because we go through things and we go through similar things. But God knows the whole scope of what you're going through. So we need to be careful when we suggest to another brother, well, this is what happened to me. It might not be that same situation. But when you tell the brother or sister, this is what the word of God says. That living word can teach them how to respond to that situation. You know, we look at David. You know, David went, his father said, come on, little shepherd boy, you mind if I take off my jacket? Thank you so much. A little shepherd boy, his father said, listen, come. Come take some pizza to your brothers that are at the battlefield fighting the Philistines. And this young boy went, took the pizza. There was no pizza back then. I'm just, so we can understand what's going on in our time. <laughs> God knows what he brought him, but he took that pizza pie and he went, saw the whole, all the Israel people being mocked 
by this humongous giant, close to 10 feet tall, Goliath. And he sat there with that pie. And the Bible says that for three days, 1 Samuel 17, if you want to go back to it, I know most of you know the story, but for three days, man, this kid was getting aggravated. He was fuming. He was like, how dare these people mock the God that I serve? How dare them? And you know, he went, little chump, went before mighty King David, uh, King Saul, and he said, give me, give me the opportunity to fight this giant. And I know Saul looked at him and said, you got to be kidding me. You really got to be kidding me. But he saw this tenacity, this faith brewing in him. He saw something in him. That he said, okay, you want to do this? No problem. We'll give you the opportunity. But what took David to that place of faith was he went back and remembered that when there were sheep he was tending to, running all over the place, there were lions and there were bears that wanted to tear those sheep apart. But he remembered how God, through the power of the Spirit of God, gave him the power to take these lions and these bears and kill them with his bare hands. God had laid a foundation for him to have faith and believe that if he was able to do this to a lion, that if he was able to do this to a bear, how can God not help him do this to a, a big giant 10 foot tall. Again, church, we need to know his word. We need to remember his promises that he will never leave us nor forsake us. It is going back and remembering what this word says that gives us the strength to carry on. Gives us the strength and the faith and the motivation to know that no matter how much our world is crumbling, no matter how hard it looks, God is more than able to meet your needs. If you look at each other, you will see a miracle in each life. Half of you shouldn't have been here. Half of you probably should have been dead already. Some of you should have probably been in a rehab. Some of you should have been in a jail. And many other things. But we can look at each other and remember that because of God's love, God's mercy, God's compassion, God's faithfulness, we are here in this church serving a mighty God. We need to remember that out of that pit, he pulled us out of so that we can serve him, so that we can have faith, so that we can be obedient. Listen, I'm not standing here because I'm a good man. 
I'm standing here because of his grace and mercy. Because I'll tell you, I was bound. And I'm talking literally bound. Bound that I saw him break my shackles and break the strongholds in my life. And know that in that darkness, he shed light. And with his blood, he washed my sins away. That I don't have to dwell on my past. I have to remember, but not dwell. Because he says he remembers them no more. So when I was down and dirty and bound, this mighty God, in the midst of darkness, because, listen, I was sitting in a shower, and all of a sudden that bathroom just turned dark. And in that darkness, I looked at myself, and all I saw was chains and strongholds. And I cried out for mercy, and I said, Lord, if you truly don't save me, if you truly don't set me free, I'm going to the pit of hell. And in that instant, he stepped in. And in that instant, he broke every shackle, every stronghold that was holding me down. And that room turned into light. He did that for me. Why wouldn't I believe his word? Why wouldn't I believe his promises? I go back to remember not to dwell where I was, but to remember what pit he pulled me out of so that I can move forward in faith and obedience and do whatever he asks us to do. I mean, Peter, he said yes. He did. He took the boat out there and he threw his net. But right after that, he threw himself at his feet and said, I am unworthy. I'm, I'm sinful. He knew that this mighty, mighty God that sat on his boat was holy. And he was unholy. We need to know that this mighty God that we serve, through faith and obedience, we reap benefits and fruit out of it. When we're obedient to his word and what he tells us to do, they couldn't contain the amount of fish. Their boats were, were going to sink, the Bible says. And if we were children of God, that would be more in the faith aspect, in the obedience aspect, we would reap so much fruit in our lives. Because God doesn't want to see you in that same place. The Bible says he takes us from glory to glory to glory. You know, we went through a faith issue at Harvest. We sat renting and paying $8,000 for three storefronts and saying, you know, this is a ripoff. But God met that mortgage, that, that rent every single week. And then this building arises and the owners just want to rip us off because they know we needed the building desperately. And then we have an attorney, which was an unbeliever, and a book, and, and, and our accountant, which they don't believe in the Lord, telling us, you know what? Don't get that building. It's going to be tough. It's going to be rough. 
looking at our finances. <laughs> oh, God. They told us everything to discourage us and to keep us where we were at. And not because they wanted to be mean. Because you see, when people don't know God, they look at the physical. But we serve a mighty God. And God doesn't work in the physical. He works in the spiritual. And we knew that God promised us that building. You know, Pastor Mitch was like, God said it was ours. God said it was ours. And we moved in the faith believing that although all the counsel around us was don't do it, we moved by faith and we moved by obedience. And I tell you, it's been eight months. We've had the money to fix the building. We've been able to pay that mortgage. We've been able to pay the expenses. We've been able to save a little money. Those are the things God does when we put our faith and obedience in Him. Don't look at your circumstances and say, man, there's no hope. My children are going to jail because look what they're doing. You know, they're hanging out. They're doing the wrong thing. God said you have authority in the name of Jesus. God said we can loose and we can bind. He's given us that authority. We need to use that authority and claim those kids for Christ. I brought a couple with me from Harvest. And this couple, same issue as me and my wife. She served the Lord, he didn't. But she knew whom she served. She knew that she was going to pray him through. And she kept coming to church and coming to church. And he kept waving her to church. He's a tremendous sports fan. And he saw the games while she was at the church praying and crying out to God. And she kept trusting him just one day. It didn't take no laying of hands. It didn't take no rebuking. It took the Spirit of God to say, Honey, wait for me. I'm going to church. And he hasn't come out of it ever since. That's, that's what the Lord does. And they're both working in the ministry and doing whatever God wants them to do. Church, I don't care what you're going through. And not because I don't care. And in the sense of I don't care is anything you're going through, God is able to meet that need today. If it's issues of faith, God is able to increase your faith. If you're lacking wisdom and decisions that you're making, God is able to give you wisdom. If you're worried about your kids, God is able to cover them and take care of them. If your marriage is going through rough things, God is able to restore and make up the years the locusts have eaten. And all this is not because I stand here and tell you this. I tell you this 
because his word says that he is more than able to do these things. And time and time again, we read through story after story in the Bible how God's faithfulness to people that put their trust in him. He did it with David. He did it with Moses. He did it with Abraham. And many more other stories. He did it with Esther when she moved by faith and believed that God, for a time, such a time as this, put her in a place to save the Jewish people. He's able to do it for you today. He's able to do it for you today. I want to encourage you, church. I want to encourage you today. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. He says, if you seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness, all things will be given unto you. Each and every one of you here are a treasure to the God that we serve. You're not nothing. You're everything to him. So much so that he gave up his only begotten son. So that you can sit here this morning and worship a mighty God. He made it all possible because of that love that he has for you. And do you think that if he didn't hold back his son from the love he has for you, He's not going to hold back the blessings that he has for you. He doesn't want to see you in debt. He doesn't want to see you worried at night. He doesn't want to see your marriage all discombobulated. He wants to step in there and take over. He wants to show you that if we put him first, Everything else would fall into place. Church, he did it for me. He did it for my home. He did it for Harvest Fields when we put our trust in him. And I thank God. I thank God that this church has a mighty, mighty man of God holding the realm, believing the vision. You know, I sit with him, and I tell you, he breathes you people. He loves you so much, and he worries about his sheep and, and what God has entrusted him with. And he loves you, that when I talk to him, I, I, I see so much love out of Pastor George for what God has entrusted him for. And I thank God that this church has a man of God that loves the people that he serves and that is not about money, but it's about serving. And it's about doing the will of God. That's the man of God that you have. And I thank God that he was able to pick up that lease today 
that he's able to say God is taking us to the next level. We are going to see that next level because we're going to obey his word. We're going to put our faith in him because he is faithful. He sticks closer than a friend. I want to take the next few minutes. If there's anyone here that would like to be prayed for, that would stand up and say, I'm struggling and I need more faith and I need to be more obedient, would you pray for me? Is there anyone here that is struggling through something and would like to stand? Amen. Anyone else? Church, you don't have to be embarrassed. You don't have to be. I don't care if you're a leader in this church. We all go through struggles. We all have something we struggle with. But know that we can come before a mighty God and know that we can enter into the holy of holies and know that we can access his mercy seat that should be motivation enough to stand up and say no matter what I'm going through no matter what I went through this week no matter what struggle I'm going through God is going to see me through and it's not because I say so, but because his word says so. If there's anyone here that doesn't know Christ and says, you know what, I want to know that God that you serve, that God that's in that word. I want to encourage you to take a step of faith and ask him to come into your heart because it's not going to be easier that doesn't mean whatever struggle you're going through is going to go away but to know that he's there by your side to know that he's going to run the race with you lets me sleep at night lets me have peace and joy hallelujah thank you Jesus Lord, you saw everyone that stood up right now, my God. You saw every single person. And Lord, I thank you that you knew their circumstances before they came to be, oh Father God. Lord, I thank you, oh God, that when they were in their mother's womb, you knew who they were by name, oh Father God. You've called them, you've chosen them, oh Father God. And we know, my God, that whatever struggle they're going to through there, oh God, that you are more than able to see them through, oh Father God. That you are more than able, oh God, to step in, oh Father God, and take over, my God. Lord, if there's anyone here lacking faith, I pray that in the name of Jesus you would increase that faith today, oh God. If there's anyone here struggling with obedience, oh Father God, Lord, I pray that you would help them, oh God, by the power of your word, through the power of your Holy Spirit, my Father God. Help them to 
be obedient to what your word says, oh God. Lord, I thank you that everyone in this house of worship loves you and serves you and to know that nothing will ever separate them from the love of God nothing your word says oh God they are your children oh God they are your princess oh God they are your prince oh father God they are co-heirs with Christ Jesus oh God Lord I pray a blessing upon each and every one of them I pray that you fill oh God fill their needs oh father God I pray if there's one here in need of financial help my God we know that your word says that you're Jehovah Jireh the provider my God and you are more than able to provide oh God Lord I ask that you would open the windows of heaven my God and pour blessings upon your people my God I pray that you would meet the needs of their homes oh God if it's a marriage struggling, oh God, I pray that peace would walk in your shalom, oh God. I pray that you would restore, oh God. I pray that you would, oh God, make up the years the locusts have eaten, oh Father God. And let love abound more, my Father God. Lord, bless your people, my God. Lord, I lift up, my God, the new lease, oh God. I lift up the, the, the visions that you've given Pastor George and his wife, my God. What you've entrusted them with, my God. I pray that you continue to spur them on, oh Father God. I pray that you would surround them with the men and women of God, hallelujah, that would stand by their side, oh Father God, that would capture the vision, oh Father God, and move by faith, oh God, believing, oh God, that you have much more in store for them, my God. Lord, this church has only been in existence for two years, oh God. And look at the beautiful work you've done so far, my God. And Lord, this is just the tip of the iceberg, oh God. You have so much more, my God. They will move in that building by faith, oh God. And you will give them that building by faith, oh God. Because they're not going there, oh God, with a, with a bank full of money, oh God. They're moving by faith, oh God. You heard them say, oh God, that the deposit would wipe out their savings account, my God. And Lord, that's the way you asked us to move, my God. Not because we have a million in the bank and now we can move forward, my God. But you ask us to move by faith, oh God. And this church is taking a step of faith, oh God. And we know, my God, that you would honor them, my Father God. I pray, oh God. That you would use that church for your glory and honor, my God. That St. Peter's Street would never be the same, oh God. Because children of the light will be walking in, oh Father God. I pray for the families, oh God, in that neighborhood, oh God. I pray for the children, oh Father God. I pray that that place be transformed, oh God. Hallelujah. Because there's a, a beacon of light moving in, oh Father God. And Lord, where truth is, oh Father God. Hallelujah. We know you will set your people free, oh Father God. You will set those neighborhoods free, my God. And they will serve you, my God. And I pray, oh God, that even before they even move in, my God, prepare the hearts, oh Father God. Get them ready, my Father God, for what they've been praying for is coming, oh God. Hallelujah. Bless them, my God. In Jesus' name I pray.
Before we close out, let's just lift our hands to uh, Pastor Ray here and thank you. We just want to thank you, Lord God, for your servant here, Lord. Father, we just thank you for his heart, that he just poured out his heart to us, Lord God. Lord, he doesn't know half of these people here, Lord. And we thank you for, your, for his obedience, Lord God. Father, we thank you for this word that you had put on his heart today, God. We thank you because it, it did not go out just to empty chairs. It did not just go out to empty ears, Lord God. But it went out to hearts, Lord God. It went out to hearts. It burned in us, Lord. So, Father, I ask, oh God, I thank you for this brother here. And I ask, oh God, that you will bless him and bless his family, Lord God. Lord, I pray that everything he touches, Lord God, he does it to your glory. I pray, Lord, everything that he touches, everywhere he goes, everywhere he steps foot, Lord God, he will take your kingdom, Lord Jesus. Father, I just thank you, Lord, for his heart. I thank you for his willingness. I thank you, Lord God, for, for, for the experiences that you have shared with him, Lord God. Lord, Father, I pray now that all the anointing that you have given him, Lord, that it'll flow into his family. It'll flow, Lord God, to the next generation. It'll flow to the next generation. It'll flow to the next generation. I just see right now that your generation, your kids are going to be pastors. Your kids are going to, the increase of hunger for the God's word is going to be in them. I don't know if they're here today. I don't know where they're at right now, but I, I see down the road that... I see um, just fire preaching the word of God like in different ways in new ways I've never never heard before and we're gonna question them sometimes because we're gonna be like we're not used to this thing but it's a new thing God is constantly doing a new thing a new song a new word a new thing it may be the same heart but it's a new way it's a new flavor it's a new thing so just let it go because you're gonna they're gonna need you they're going to need you. They're going to be the backbone of that ministry. I really feel that the ministries are just going to come out of your family. Powerful. And don't question because it's God. It's God all the way. So we thank you, Lord God. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. We thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you for supporting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We are a new and growing church with a passion and a heart towards enjoying God, serving people, and building healthy families. We pray that you will continue to fellowship and grow with us as we follow hard after God. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. God bless.